0: It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Well, hello, boys and girls, and welcome into another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. So happy to be with you on this Wednesday, the beginning of September. We have officially entered spooky season. So happy spookies to you and everybody else. Just the whole world. Happy spookies. Welcome in. Uh, if you don't know by now, this show is officially streaming on all platforms. So if you're somebody that loves to listen on Apple, well, we're on Apple Podcasts now. You can rate and review the show. We're on Spotify now. Uh, you could also find us on Google. I know that's where review it. Rob listens. He gets the updates there on the Google Podcast, uh, as well as Podbean. Of course, still is a spot you can go to. iHeart Radio app. Uh, anywhere. Tune in radio. We're, 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 we're on all of them now. So please rate, review and share this show with your friends, your family, your coworkers, anybody you think will enjoy listening and uh, getting caught up on what's been happening in the world of entertainment and pop culture. But before we get to that, hopefully you have been having a great week. Uh, if you do live in the area where Hurricane Ida has impacted Uh, Hopefully you're staying safe, hopefully you are with power, and hopefully you are getting by uh, because Hurricane Ida hitting New Orleans this past week, the Louisiana state, and uh, actually is making its way as I record this. uh, It is now Tropical Storm Ida outside of our windows here at the radio station, so hopefully you're staying safe out there. Uh, And yeah, let's get into some of the fun this past week in my life. Not a lot really happening. Got to go out to a winery this past weekend, enjoy some live music with a friend of mine. Uh, A friend of mine was playing, I should say, uh, and went out with the girlfriend to enjoy that. But that's really kind of all that's been going on in my world. Uh, I did get to see two movies, and we will review those. I saw Free Guy, which I could have done a review for that on the last episode, but it was already a very long episode. So, got that Free Guy review for you, and also Candyman. Got to check that out this past weekend, but we'll get to that a little bit later on. I actually want to start things off with a very interesting story that came across my desk this morning. Uh, Now that it is September 1st, we have flipped that calendar from August to the new month. Uh, I consider this spooky season the beginning of Halloween. I mean, Halloween Horror Nights getting underway in Florida as well as California. So it's that time of the year where we start to transition From the summertime things, kids are all back at school. And if not back at school right now, well, going to be back at school after the Labor Day weekend. Which, hope you do have some plans this Labor Day weekend to get on out and enjoy it before we do get back into the rhythm of uh, long stretches with no holidays and no vacations and start to enter that full-blown fall season. Uh, But this story caught my eye. Kansas City is going to be getting a Halloween pop-up bar in an actual morgue. And it sounds creepy, because guests are going to be handed a lantern, and then they'll have to descend down into an underground bar. Which, honestly, this sounds pretty damn cool to me. Uh, it's called Apparition Spook Easy, and... Now, they have partnered with Three Trails Brewing to open this new location in the historic Independence Square in Kansas City. Uh, The pop-up, as I mentioned, going to feature Halloween-themed cocktails, including the Xenomorph, made with unicorn, horses, rye whiskey, uh, and Szechuan peppers, meant to realign the senses, so the cocktail is tasted in inverse. Uh, The Nosferatu is a pitch-black cocktail, with activated charcoal. Uh, the monster squad is a shareable apple brandy drink served in a black cauldron with dry ice. There's also the upside down, oh, I'm sorry. the upside own old fashioned, not an upside down. upside own old fashioned, which uses uh, uses waffle infused rum and maple syrup. Uh, The new pop-up location is going to open a little bit later this month, remain open through the end of October, and customers can sip their drinks in the eerie space Thursday through Saturday, 6 to 1 in the morning and on Halloween, which falls on a Sunday this year. But I think this is a pretty cool idea. Actually, wouldn't mind. Like, this is something that I would hope kind of catches on and a lot of other mortuaries and morgues, Uh, Maybe get in on the fun of this. Maybe here in the Shenandoah Valley, where I'm from, got plenty of breweries out here. I mean, I live in like a wine and beer country right now. Uh, Maybe they get in on this and and open up a pop-up bar in a morgue. But I, I know I would be down for this. It sounds super creepy. Like I could just imagine now being handed that lantern, making my descent into an underground place, getting myself a spooky drink and just hanging out with other crazy people like myself who are into the macabre like that. And really just, it's, it does, it really sounds like a fun time, but that's a crazy little thing. I just wanted to share that because it came across, get it came across my desk this morning and I was like, my goodness, like there are opportunities to do this everywhere. Like your city could do this. Like you can go to city council Tonight or tomorrow or whenever your next city council meeting is and be like, I think our breweries should open up an underground speakeasy in an actual morgue. The ambiance of it alone just sounds like a good time. But uh, so that's going on in the real world. Now let's slide over to the world of entertainment and pop culture. Why you're really here for me to ramble on about all the things going on in the world of entertainment and first up uh, big news actually broke if you did not know well now you're gonna know dc fandom is returning uh very excited for this to be returning now this is a global fan experience that will be streaming saturday october 16th uh, 10 pacific time so one o'clock here on the east coast which is where i record out of uh if you live overseas, like Mark and Bonnie over there in uh, Scotland. Uh, I don't know what time this is going to be starting for you, probably at like 2.30 in the morning. But this is a, a big event, uh full day uh, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, on Twitter, on all the streaming sites you could possibly think DC FanDome will be streaming. They will be streaming. Uh, you can even check out their website, DCFanDome.com. But they're going to have exclusive new trailers. Uh, it was highlighted with the news that we will get a new Batman trailer, or I should say, get a new The Batman trailer starring Robert Pattinson. Uh, and the only look we've gotten so far of that movie, outside of a few images that have leaked here and there, was last year when DC did their Fandom at-home event uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic and people couldn't gather. And they revealed and showcased a lot of really everything that they had kind of filmed at the time for the Batman. Uh, but we're going to get a new trailer for that. So I'm excited to get a glimpse of Robert Pattinson in the bat suit again. I really, I, I've gone on record a, a, a lot of times, but if you're new to listening to anything I'm a part of, I, I really do believe that Robert Pattinson is going to be a great Batman. That. He, since Twilight, he gets a bad rap because of those Twilight films. The same with Kristen Stewart, uh, who, and, and I don't have it on my notes, but Kristen Stewart's trailer for her upcoming Princess Diana movie just dropped, and that looked really good as well. But I know her and Robert Pattinson get a lot of heat for doing those Twilight films. People kind of have decided that that's who they are when that's not at all the case with them. So I'm very stoked to get another glimpse of the Batman uh, that will be coming during DC Fandom, as well as DC League of Super Pets. We're going to get some more looks at that. We got a little snippet of that that kind of more indicated the voice cast that we're getting with Kevin Hart, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, uh, John Krasinski, and so many more great voice talents. But we'll get a good look at that DC League of Super Pets. Uh, Speaking of The Rock, we're going to get a first look at Black Adam as well. I mean, the last time they did this, The Rock appeared and just kind of talked about how Black Adam is going to be this really what I guess in a way the last time they did this and he appeared and talked about Black Adam, it was more the concept art. This is the image we have. This is the concept we have. This is the story we're thinking about telling. Uh, But a lot of things could have changed since then. But I know Black Adam has finished rapping, so with that being in post production, excited to get a first look at that, uh, a sneak peek as well. They promise of the Flash. Uh, I hope that sneak peek involves Michael Keaton back in the uh, the the bat suit because my goodness, uh, while while I just praised how I'm excited to see Robert Pattinson as Batman, uh, in my eyes and in my opinion, Batman is Michael Keaton. So to know he is coming back as Bruce Wayne, as Batman, uh, I'm very much excited to get a sneak peek at the Flash movie. Uh, and that's not a shot at, at the Flash in general. I think DC has kind of, uh, if you didn't see the the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League, your opinion of the Flash might just, might be different than mine. But I, I've I've been intrigued by the character in the movie form I never really got into the television show. I got into the show for a little bit of season one, but just so much television at times that I ended up getting distracted by a lot of other things and, and fell so far behind on the Flash that I've never gone back to the TV show. But I know, I know, like review it. Rob is super stoked on the Flash. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Keaton to be back, so we'll get that sneak peek of the Flash, a behind the scenes look at Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, as well as Shazam. Fury of the Gods, which I saw the sh- set photo. It looks like Shazam just finished wrapping as well. So we'll get some some behind the scenes look at those two films. Uh, Shazam, which just wrapped. I know Aquaman is is filming and under production right now. Uh, Warner Brothers Television is going to offer some looks at new seasons of Batwoman, uh, as well as Televisions The Flash, Superman and Lois, Sweet Tooth. Uh, they're going to do a farewell tribute to Supergirl as it approaches its epic conclusion after six seasons. A celebration as well going to be going on for 100 episodes. Wow. 100 episodes of DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Plus a first look at forthcoming new drama, uh, Naomi, and a sneak peek at an upcoming episode of DC's Stargirl. Now, Warner Brothers Games is going to feature some new reveals from the highly anticipated Gotham Knights, Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League as well, and DC Publishing is going to honor the legacy of one of the world's greatest superheroes, an icon of truth and equality, Wonder Woman, with a showcase of three upcoming books. Now, I do believe that while they're going to be honoring Wonder Woman, uh, they also don't have gal uh, gal gadot appearing at this so interesting that they're going to honor wonder woman but the person who here in the 21st century has very much brought that character to life and has given it a wonderful spin and, and has really influenced a lot of a lot of uh, women of the world with that character and a lot of people as well not just women a lot of people with her interpretation interesting that her name isn't included in any of this, and it seems that she might not be a part of it. Uh, now, granted, of course, hopefully things with that change, schedules come up. Maybe they're they're keeping that a little bit closer to the vest and don't want to reveal everything, but they will be honoring Wonder Woman at this event. Uh, I know something else I'm really excited for, uh, after, especially after James Gunn shared the photo, uh, but we're going to get an exclusive look at the upcoming series Peacemaker with John Cena. And if you still haven't seen the Suicide Squad movie with John Cena, Idris Elba, the the James Gunn one, do yourself a favor, have some fun for two hours and watch a graphic comic book movie transpire in front of your eyes. Uh, I absolutely loved James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad. It, 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 it right now is a contender for top 10 film of the year there. There is a spot it's holding right now. I won't tell you where that is because we'll do that episode as we get later into the year, as we come to an end of 2021. So we'll do that best films of the year and all of that. Maybe a special episode, maybe a Patreon episode, and maybe invite some special guests on. Review it, Rob, uh, maybe, maybe maybe Zach uh, from Haunter's Pod, uh, maybe even Brooke from Haunter's Pod as well. Some Some friends within the community. Uh, reach out to them and see if they want to come on for that episode later on in the year when we all start putting together those lists of our best films of the year. But yeah, the Peacemaker series, I'm very excited. That limited event series that's going to be coming, or I should say, I don't want to call it a limited event. I'll call it, I, I end up calling it a limited event and then it, it will probably go on for like seven seasons or something dumb like that. But uh, we'll we'll get to see what's going on with that. So a lot's happening a lot going on with DC Fandome. Uh, very excited for it. I think it really was a big success when they did it a year ago. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see what comes this year when we get back into the DC Fandome. Trying to do my best Vince McMahon. Kind of like the Thunderdome. Now we're in the DC Fandome. Uh, some other news and notes, though, in the entertainment world. Uh, While I've been a little behind lately on this season, uh, but we found out Season 5 of Rick and Morty will actually be getting a one-hour-long Season 5 finale, but we will not see it until September. Uh, This will be the final two episodes, and they're going to air back-to-back. So an hour of the duos, wild sci-fi antics. Uh, They did drop a little sneak peek. I haven't watched it because, again... Uh, The last Rick and Morty episode I watched was uh, uh, the anime one where they kind of made fun of it or they kind of where they really leaned into making fun of anime and and all that stuff. Uh, So I'm about three episodes behind. It it got very busy. August got very busy. Uh, And of course, I wanted to launch this show in August. And on top of all the busyness with travel and everything, uh, just kind of fell behind on Rick and Morty. Listen, I'm also behind a few episodes on Impractical Jokers, which is a show I very much love. Uh, And I tried to watch that one that everybody told me to watch on Netflix. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Somebody's going to at me on Twitter at wonderful underscore radio and and remind me what it is. But uh, everybody said that if I liked Impractical Jokers, there was a show kind of like that to watch on Netflix. And I'll be honest, I didn't really find it to be that. It made me laugh, but it it, it just reminded me a lot of Saturday Night Live. Some of it hits, some of it misses, some of it hits, some of it misses. Uh, But Rick and Morty going to be getting that season five finale in September uh, when they return with the back-to-back episodes, a full hour. Uh, And that's that's exciting as well, as well as also some other Rick and Morty news. Uh, I know... Uh, there's been discussion of when the season ends, how long is it gonna be? Because Rick and Morty had a tendency, especially from season three to season four, there was like a two and a half year gap between seasons. Uh, and Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon just signed that seventy episode uh deal with Adult Swim. Uh, but yeah, they're just taking a little break, gonna return in September with the season five finale, but uh we did find out that they are already working on season six as well. So the scripts are being finalized, which means voice actors will get their scripts. They'll get to do in uh, their voice acting stuff, and then they'll add the animation and all of that. So shouldn't be two years between the season five finale and the season six premiere, uh, but there will still be a little gap between them. So uh, I'm just happy to know it. I, I, really, if you are a fan of Rick and Morty, uh, you should be happy to know that they're they're taking it seriously and they are using the time in uh, the 70 episode deal with Adult Swim to really um, hammer out those scripts and get those scripts in. Uh, now, again, there is no timetable. Adult Swim pretty much said they could turn in those scripts whenever they want. Uh, so they could take two years, but it doesn't appear that's what they are doing going to be doing now some other news uh this one kind of broke a little bit last night before the recording but paramount plus going to become the official home for the upcoming paranormal activity film uh and it's coming very soon it's going to be coming this october when it drops on the paramount plus streaming service which is a streaming service i pay for But I always forget that I have it because that's how little I use it compared to uh, Netflix, Discovery Plus. I'm telling you, I really love that Discovery Plus uh, account. But Netflix, Discovery Plus, HBO Max, uh, Amazon, I've been been doing a lot of Amazon Prime watching. I got very much into Chuck recently. I I never watched it, but now I'm into season three of six of Chuck Uh, that that. That Zachary Levi, man, that that Shazam, uh, just really digging that show. But Paramount Plus will be the home for the upcoming Paranormal Activity film. Uh, The film will keep the found footage framing going. Once again, Suburbanites dealing with the supernatural. And as I mentioned, this is going to come in October. So just in time for Halloween, which is honestly what I remember all those Paranormal Activity movies coming out. They were. I remember them being Halloween releases, uh, exactly like the Saw films. Once, once they realized they could cheaply and easily put together a movie in the span of a year, they would film them, drop them in October, make a lot of money. So, uh, smart move for Paramount Plus to bring this new Paranormal Activity film uh, to life. And speaking of streamers, it appears that streaming is kind of the way that a lot of these horror movie franchises are going because we have now also learned that the new Texas Chainsaw movie uh, will be hitting Netflix as they have purchased the rights to this film's release. So Netflix and Legendary teamed up uh, and Netflix is going to be the home for this upcoming uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, which is taking the Halloween route in the sense of they are ignoring all Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, 3, Next Generation, all that stuff. They're ignoring all of the sequels, uh, the prequels, all that stuff, and just focusing this film on as a direct sequel to the original Toby Hooper uh, 1974 film, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that first introduced us to Leatherface and his family. Uh, This one, though, is directed by Fetty Alvarez. Um... Or I'm sorry, he uh, director Freddie Alvarez is producing the film, the the flick, and I'm pretty down for that. Uh, I'm very excited to see this. I know uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have like a weird love hate with it. I really do like the original from 1974. I really do like that Toby Hooper classic. Some of the sequels, I can get down with. Some of them, I really cannot. Uh, the Jessica Biel one, I really did not like when they when they rebooted, remade, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I kind of dug the one, though. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, uh, but I have them in front of me, so I'm trying to remember which one it actually was. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D, I believe. Uh, yeah, the Alexandra uh, Daddario one. Uh, Really, I kind of dug that one. I don't know why I dug that one, but I did. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning, I did not like. Uh, The Jessica Biel one, I did not like. One of the first ones I ever saw was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Just celebrated its anniversary of release, actually. Uh, The Next Generation that was filmed in 1994, wrapped in 94, but didn't get resurfaced and released until 97, when both Renee Zellweger and Matthew McConaughey were names. And their respective camps tried so hard to prevent those films from being released, uh, or I should say prevent that film from being released. Uh, now Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 I didn't really care for. Uh, I still haven't seen our, part two. Uh, so I've seen I've seen the original. I've seen part three. seen Next Generation, uh, the reboot, the beginning. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. I never saw Leatherface as well. That was the more recent one. But I still have not seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, which I know I have to see because, well, it has a great radio sequence in it. That's number one. But also, I know Toby Hooper went the Gremlins 2 route, in which they didn't do the same film and instead they switched it up into a gonzo comedy fest with a lot of scares and horror and all that stuff and you get Dennis Hopper and Bill Moseley uh, all that stuff and, and the type of Bill Moseley performance that led to him being cast in uh, Rob Zombie's movies, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell uh, everything else he's done as well Werewolf, Women of the SS, yeah that's a deep cut right there, you go find that one you ain't gonna find that trailer oh, you will on YouTube, but you know That's a film I do have to go out and check out for sure. Now, some other news. uh, There is going to a horror, uh, very horror-related right now, uh, but there is an R-rated naughty cut of uh, the Christmas film Krampus on the way. That's going to be coming out as well really shortly. Um, I like Krampus. I don't know if I'm going to run out to see the R-rated naughty cut, but that's going to be sold in 4K. Uh, So that is going to be coming out in the near future. Uh, Now, switching gears from horror into uh, Disney for uh, a brief second here. Uh, Jungle Cruise 2 is in the works with Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt set to return. The film did just cross the $100 domestic box office mark. So it does make sense that the House of the Mouse... (laughs) really wants to, uh, keep cashing in on this. So, Jungle Cruise 2. Uh, very little known about this right now. I still have to go see the Jungle Cruise that's going to be hitting digital, uh, on August 31st and then come out on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, all that on November 16th. So, uh, uh, good for them. You kind of had a feeling this was going to happen. This is kind of the way Disney operates, honestly. So now that we are here, uh, we really shouldn't be shocked that Disney's moving forward with the jungle cruise too. And finally, uh, the final piece of news I have for you, uh, the expendables Four is happening. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, Jason Statham will be returning, uh, a few others are going to be back as well for the fourth film. But the big news, some of the new faces joining the cast include rapper Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson, and Transformers star Megan Fox, as well as Tony Jai, who was in Furious 7, Triple uh, X Return of Alexander Cage, and Triple Threat. Now, they're going to be recurring uh, in this uh, ensemble of cast of unknown roles, uh, will one of them be the villain? Will one of them be, will, will all of them be a part of the Expendables? I guess we're going to find out as time goes on. Uh, but Scott Wa, I believe is how you say, or or Wa, Woi, uh, Act of Valor, Need for Speed, all of that. He's going to direct from a screenplay. That was written by Spencer Cohen uh, and revisions from Max Adams and John Joseph Connolly. Filming for this is going to begin in the fall. Cool. I mean, I guess. uh, Listen, I'll be there. The expendable films are pretty much what they sound like. They're popcorn comedy uh, or popcorn comedy. They're popcorn action films. So uh, I guess we will... I guess we'll see. Uh, I'll be there, but but I, did, I don't know if anybody was truly sitting there like, you know what? I really, really, really need another Expendables film in my life. So uh, that's going to be coming. Uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you updated on all of that with Expendables 3 because that cast is clearly going to keep adding some names to it uh, and things are going to be uh, as things continue to shake out with that film. Right there. So uh, that's your news. That's everything that's kind of been going on. Uh, oh yeah, I did see this morning as well. Kevin Smith announced that they have wrapped on Clerks Three, so that film uh, hopefully going to be coming soon. Because I know the way Kevin Smith operates, he directs. Uh, he he then edits the film while directing the film, so it doesn't take too long for him to get his movies out after they wrap. So we'll see what happens with that. But Kevin Smith, Clerks Three did wrap as well. So time to get into uh, the review portion of things on the show. Going to try and keep these as spoiler free as possible, uh, just because, you know, I don't. I know some of you haven't gotten out to the movies. I know it's kind of hard for some of you. Uh, some places aren't showing movies because of everything going on. But first up, uh, we'll talk about Free Guy. Did get to see this movie, and I really enjoyed Free Guy. I want to start with that. Uh, It's the story of a guy who's a bank teller who discovers he is actually a background player in an open-world video game, which is very much a lot like the Grand Theft Autos. And then he decides to become the hero of his own story. He rewrites himself. Now in a world where there are no limits, he is determined to be the guy who saves his world his way before it is too late. And I think this, this, this is a film that... I've heard it compared to, oh, well, it's just Deadpool, but PG-13. Well, a lot of Ryan Reynolds movies are Deadpool. That's why he works so well as Deadpool. That's why that was a character that was perfect for him, because Ryan Reynolds has this kind of charm to him, this style. He knows what works for him. Uh, That doesn't mean he doesn't sometimes break out of that and do things that that surprise you, but he knows exactly what works, what his audience likes, and Ryan Reynolds delivered. Uh, he was as charming as he ever could have been. Uh, he was he was funny. He was great. The, I really did think, though, I was curious going into this because I, I was into this movie from the first trailer, and I got more into it the more that it kind of revealed uh, what the movie would probably be about. But even all the trailers didn't do a good job at actually conveying what this film was going to be. And I think that was a good thing because this film ended up really surprising me. Uh, I knew I would enjoy aspects of it due to Ryan Reynolds, but Jodie Comer, I believe is her name, uh, she she was great. Joe Keery was great. Little, little Rel Harry is becoming one of my favorites, uh, ever since get out. I've really, uh, dug what he, his work. Uh, but yeah, you got Jody from killing Eve, uh, Joe Keery from stranger things, uh, Taika Watiti's in it as well. He's really good. Uh, and then you got cameos left and right. I'm not going to mention who the cameos are, but you got cameos left and right from some of my favorite actors. Uh, some people that you don't even you don't even get to see their face, but you hear their voice and you go, I know that actor. that that happened with three different actors in the movie that came in, obviously did something, but were covered up and it was really just their voices. So uh, but this was a fun movie. this It is a two hour movie. I know I heard a review it Rob say that he felt it, it it feels like a two hour film Uh, because it clocks in at uh, an hour 55, I felt the other way. Uh, I I do agree that obviously you could have trimmed this film down a little bit, but I do feel that this film moves because there is a lot going on. A lot is happening in the game world. A lot is happening in the real world. uh, And the way that they mesh the story together by cutting, I don't even want to say cutting, but by going back and forth between the two realities I think they did a really good job with that. I really dug this film. I know this is a movie that Disney is moving forward for on a sequel as well because this came out from 20th Century Studios, uh, which is now obviously a subdivision and a part of Disney after that whole merger and the Mouse House (laughs) taking control of everything. But I think that this is a movie that appeals to gamers, but also does a good job for non-gamers. Uh, it, it's it it explains what it needs to about the gaming world for them, and I think could potentially actually work on on getting non gamers interested in games. But there are some parallels uh, I I noticed like with things like the Lego Movie to the Matrix. But it does establish its own individual self. It has such a sweetness and goofy enthusiasm. That that's why I felt like it didn't feel like a close to two hour movie, because it just it was so infectious with joy that I found myself what it was, what I realized we were when we went into the third act, I was like, wow, I can't believe we're going into the third act. Wow. I've been here for a long time when I finally looked at my watch. But it was it just felt like we got there so fast. But you realize you didn't. Uh, and 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 i just really enjoyed it I think it's a good addition to the film genre i think it's a good addition to the video game genre as well uh, i do think that films like this that don't base themselves on ip of video games work a lot better uh because the, listen when i watch a Resident Evil movie I enjoyed the first one i enjoyed the second one but i also left those movies going man I really wish that I was the one playing that game and I was the one making those decisions and I was the one that did that. And it's the same thing with Silent Hill. I was like, oh, okay, there's things that are good, but for the most part, it just I just want to play the game. Uh, that happened to me with the last Tomb Raider movie. I really dug that movie, but I remember finding myself midway through that movie going, I really wish that I was playing this game on the PlayStation right now at home. And that's not the takeaway. And again, it's not the takeaway from the movie, but I think it's harder uh, especially for somebody like me who who plays video games still and for certain games, it's hard for me to separate the idea of them telling a story of an IP I know as opposed to it's an IP I'd rather be playing. But uh, Free Guy, I really recommend going to see if you haven't gotten a chance to see it. Uh, make some plans. It's a fun movie. Uh, everybody is is really doing their best in that. Uh, and again, I, I, really, I give free guy, uh, two thumbs up for sure. Uh, and really do think that it's the type of movie that if you go out to the theaters to see it, I think you're going to have a good time. If you wait to watch it at home, I think you're going to have a good time. Uh, it's definitely a fun time to watch with some friends, uh, or with somebody and play the, Oh, is that who I, th- is that, is that, is that, is that because there are a lot of good cameos In this movie and a lot of good moments. And there's one cameo I won't mention. It comes towards the end of the movie. That I lost my mind and is by far one of my favorite moments of a movie this past year. Because it was so just so well done. And if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Because it's in the third act. It comes at a very big moment. Where, where Guy needs to step up, and he does, and we cut away for from, from Guy fighting back to somebody sitting at home watching it or somebody sitting in a coffee shop watching it, and their reaction was absolutely pitch perfect. just It was mwah, chef's kiss, baby. Chef's kiss all day. Uh, so now moving on to the other film I got to see, which was Candyman. And Candyman is, I'm going to call this, people have been saying it's a spiritual sequel. Now, this is a sequel to the original film of the same name, Candyman. Uh, now, I really dug this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was well done. Is it as scary as the original? No. But I think they do a wonderful job at expanding the story in ways that if you are a fan of the franchise, you will enjoy. If you are not a fan of the franchise, I think you will enjoy this as well. Now there were some, I did have some issues with it. It, it was kind of, I felt certain things were a little, I don't want to say heavy handed because that's going to come across as if you've seen the movie, you're going to think I'm talking about one specific thing. I actually don't think that was the heavy handed thing. I think that a lot of what they were, I, I'm just, I'll just say this, the gentrification thing, the gentrification thing. That I felt was a little heavy handed because it was like, okay, I see what you're doing. And that kind of circles back a lot where I was like, uh, okay, I get it. This is where a lot of the commentary is coming from right now. But if you take that away, like, and that's just a little nitpick on my part. So, if I take that away, I think the film did a great job at laying out this story. Again, expanding the Candyman legacy and story. Uh, really, just very well done. There were, but again, I didn't find myself in the as scared as I was with the original film. Now, yes, I know I'm older, a little bit wiser, a little more aware of how these movies operate and what they're going for you know I noticed the empty space and was paying attention to the empty space in the in in the film because that's a big thing with horror movies is providing you with that empty space I also always pay attention to the to the two third uh the the third parallel um I think I said that right but I, I forgot exactly what it was called but but there's a specific way that, that I'm aware of the way that horror movies are shot compared to a comedy, compared to an action, compared to a drama. There, those all kind of follow a specific formula while horror films are known to uh, mess with that, which is what creates an unease. Though They did a great job at creating that unease. I know my girlfriend was truly off-balanced, uncomfortable the entire time, and so it does work. It's a scary movie. It does work like that. But she also has never seen the original, so for me, I was like, "Ooh, I like what we're doing here. I like, I like how we're advancing from this." And in a way, I I don't want to say that this did the Halloween thing, or what the leather, or, or what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or any of that is about to do. I don't feel like they fully erased all the other aspects of the film's history, but it is very much more so a direct sequel to the original Candyman movie. Now, does that mean you have to see it again? No. As I just mentioned, my girlfriend never saw the original, loved the movie. So you do not have to see the original to understand it, but if you see the original and you see this, I think they play very well back-to-back. I think they play very well as in continuing the story and doing a much better job at pushing that legacy on, unlike Candyman 2 does. So uh, definitely a film. I I I recommend this if you want to see a good, smart, stylish. And again, I'm not calling this a spiritual sequel. I am calling this a smart, stylish sequel. Absolutely, run out and see this. Uh, it is. It is a worthy follow up to its namesake. Uh, it, it, it. But again, it, it's it's. It's so hard to say because 92 is one film and 2021 is a totally different film that that I do feel like some people of the original might be disappointed but but I really don't think you should be. Uh good scares at times. Uh like because there are a few moments of scares but uh, I think Naya Dacostas does a very good job. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her Marvel movie now because I think she's uh, she's off filming Candyman too. Uh, just Candyman, though, definitely worth a check out. Very, it's a top tier horror movie. The text and subtext has a very good balance to it. Uh, there, there, there is gore. There is gore. There is shock. Um. And it's a hard it's it's a hard film to balance with what Candyman always tries to, uh, at least what the franchise dives into, but they do the balance perfect. Jordan Peele and team uh, once again because uh, Jordan Peele was one of the writers uh, along with uh, Naya, and I think they do a very good job at, at addressing a lot of things. And you will you will leave that movie saying his name. For sure, uh, that'll do it for this week. Uh, hopefully, you get a chance to run out, uh, see Candyman. Hopefully, you get to see Free Guy as well. Uh, if you like the fact that I I tried hard not to spoil them, I think I only gave like one little spoiler with the Candyman thing, uh, and it it was just to prevent people from going, oh, you're saying heavy handed because of this, because when you see the movie, there are a lot of there are a lot of things being thrown at you in Candyman. I just don't want people to get think that when I say heavy-handed I'm talking about one thing or another thing it really was just that one thing because I felt it was over mentioned and I'm like okay we got it you you know we're not I get that they say sometimes you're treat your audience like like they're third graders but but that to me I was like now you treat me more like a kindergartner with that and it's kind of annoying now like we got it thanks move on get to the next points that you want to make but uh that's that's again that's just a nitpick at the film because Candyman gets two thumbs up from me as well so hopefully you get to see those movies uh and until next time friends have a safe week and peace and love